Hey, Zach. How's it going? Hey, hey, Adam. Well, you know, Drew's kind of busy with some stuff at the moment. He's not going to be on the podcast, so yeah. you really can't. It's kind of a bummer, right? You know. Yeah, it's a big bummer. I. Yeah. It really sucks. I. I wish we had something we could do. Yeah. I mean, we really can't continue on our main quest. So, I mean, do you want to do some side quests? Yeah. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> away adam and zach will talk anime indeed um well this is the episode one of anime month we already had one episode of uh talking anime oh yeah yeah so this is gonna be the start of uh anime month um so as you kind of heard drew is gonna be kind of pulled away for a little for a little while while uh he kind of deals with some stuff so instead of just sitting around for like you know a good while without much to do we thought hey what a good opportune time to actually talk some anime and stuff so this will be episode one of our month. And and to be clear, this I I most enjoy this because we get like a month of anime to talk about, and then both of us go to Fanime. <laughs> it's like perfect. It, it may have been why we synced this up so well. It just kind of worked. <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited. I'm excited to, to chat with stuff. I know. Oh yeah. If sometimes it'll take up too much time on the epi- on the main episode, but uh, so I'm glad we get a mini one to do. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, so this week we will be talking about the second season of Blood Blockade Battlefront called Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond. And if you want to know and what and beyond. beyond means, we don't know. Yeah, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this came out, I believe, 2017. It w- it came right after the first season. Uh, and it's a continuation, uh, it like direct continuation of the first season. And um, I think the format we're kind of kind of be going for is we're just going to be going episode by episode, kind of talking about some of the memorable bits, um, and you know some things we thought were really cool or we noted, and then we'll kind of give an overall general impression afterwards. So you ready for this? Yep, I'm ready. All right, so. Uh, we'll dive right into episode one. Um, episode one is kind of a bit of a touch basis with the cast called Lights, Camera, Action. Um, right. And it actually took me a while to remember what the plot of this one was because by yeah. the end of it, I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, this is the second one that includes Leonardo in his room. Uh, well, this is this is the this is the first one that has Leo in his room. There's another one later mm-hmm. in the season that does as well. Um, and yeah. that's something that's something overall I noticed as well. But it's it's very funny. He gets his video game and then, like, he gets a package with the president's head in it and he needs to deliver it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is th- this episode was kind of just a quick way to recap the characters. Basically, everybody from the first season is back in. So if you want to hear, we're not going to go over individual recap characters again. So yeah. if you want to hear about, go to the find the first one. Yeah, go hunt down, go hunt down that, that side quest about anime because it's... It's got the the characters from before. Um, so, like, I as far as I can tell, like, the only thing that was really new or interesting about this episode was the fact that the president's head was in a box and was, like, giving a pep talk to Leo the entire time. Mm-hmm. I, I did like that a lot. Like, he's like, I just want to sit down and play my game. That's all I want. Yeah, and screaming about his game. Of, of, yeah, of course, this being... Uh, 
How the hell do they say it's Hell Salem's Lot? That's the city they're in? Hell Salem's Lot, yeah. There we go. Uh, HL as their initials, obviously. Mm -hmm. People start referring to it as HL in this season, and I was like, thank you. Do they really? Uh, The subtitles did. Oh, alright, well. Um, And sometimes, uh, there's also, like, sometimes you'll see a bank, and it'll say Bank of HL. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, I just like that he's like, I just want to sit down and play my game, and he's doing, like, this jumping up and down thing, and then, no, (laughs) it's it's the president's head. Get going. No, the Um, worst part is that he, he almost gets there, and then he gets lobbed halfway across the city, and has to do it again. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is a really fun episode. Wasn't this episode also with the weird little monster things? Uh, the, the little ball monsters. Oh, right. Yeah, that was like right at the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because the, they can't. Because uh, like the end of the season has that as well, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Admittedly, this is this is the like those ball things are the only way we see Fempt. Yeah, so... He's just not there. <laughs> slight spoiler, Femt's not in this at all. Femt was kind of important in season one uh, as kind of a... You might have thought he was behind things, kind of pulling the strings, but he's not here. Uh, I liked this episode a lot just because at the very beginning, you get to see Klaus do his, like, crazy punch, and everybody's like, everybody, make a line <laughs> behind him. Just get out of his way. And he punches through one of the monsters, and it just, like flies past all of them and there's just this giant yeah. chunk of it left yeah they like this this show has some gumption it's got some style to it that i've always enjoyed really this first episode really kind of encapsulates the whole like vibe and tone of the series because it's got some action it's got some like it's got some funny bits it's got some chase sequences but then it's got the here's a life lesson man here's, take here's that some, here's some life lessons oh man it's sometimes it, yeah, it's interesting. Anyways, you want to move on to the next one? Sure. Uh, next episode was uh, a Phantom Ho- Phantom Hospital Ward rises. Yep, and that that is a uh, a hospital comes out of thin air, mm-hmm. um, which is it, it's really interesting how they introduced it because they're just like, hey, Zap got hurt, and here's a hospital, um, and it turns out that we learned what Klaus and Steven were doing during the cataclysm, which was defending yeah. this hospital. They did not do it super good. No, um, this episode's this episode's mostly a flashback. There's some parts with Leo and Zap uh, trying to get into the hospital, and but most of it, I think, what was just this flashback to mm-hmm. what happened during the Cataclysm. What happened to one of the uh, what do they call vampires in this? Because they are vampires. They're like elder Blood something, types? aren't they? Blood types. Blood breeds. There we go. Blood breeds. There we go. Yeah. I remember. Okay, that's one thing that always bothered me about this. It's like, just, it's like, what is that? It's a blood breed. It, like, drains blood, and it's super powerful. Listen, man, nothing like is a as... Vampi- nothing uh-huh. is as bad as as uh, the fact that Chain is a werewolf, and it has no <laughs> relation to anything she does. <laughs> no, not a bit. Uh, but I like this episode a lot. I, um, you'll, you'll hear this a lot through this. I... I gen- in general, I pretty much liked all of the episodes, but I thought this was a cool one just because we don't really get many flashback episodes. Yeah, you don't get a lot of flashback episodes. Actually, to be... Like, I, I did like the elements that it introduced. Like, uh, mm-hmm. especially the woman's name is Luciana Estevez. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another thing about this show. Wow. They go for some interesting English names. <laughs> they have an obsession with Scottish and Irish names. Yeah, they do. 
Yeah, they, and it makes it kind of hard to remember who's who because you're like, I, I can't say that name. Fuck it. Like, like Klaus von Reinhardt is obviously very German, but then you've got Stephen A. Starface. <laughs> um, I forgot his last name was Starface. Is it Starface? Um, but yeah, this is a fun one. Oh, by the way, Zed's last name is O'Brien. The fish guy? His last name's O'Brien? Yes. Huh. Yeah. All right, then. What? There's there's some other shit, too. Like, um, what is it? Uh, I think, like, the, you remember the, the black and white from last season? Mm-hmm. Their, their last name is, like, McCabe or something like that. Oh, fun fact that I didn't know yeah. um, about black and white. Oh, okay. So, uh, this series, Blood Blockade Battlefront, is actually based off a manga. I actually didn't know that till way oh. later. It seemed pretty clear to me, yeah. Okay. Well, I thought this was an entirely new thing that somebody just made into a series because I had absolutely never heard of it before, before right. I, I saw the anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I didn't know is that apparently black and white are entirely exclusive to the anime. They don't oh, show up in what? the manga at all. No. And it's weird because of how important they seem to be. Yeah. Well, now I, now that totally makes sense that they just don't show up again. Yeah. <laughs> they just disappear into the aether. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to bring that up because uh, one thing about this season is, and you'll notice this going forward, is a lot of these are very episodic. You can almost be, you can almost call each episode, all right, this is the Leo episode. This is the Klaus and Steven episode. And our, our next episode, day in, day out, is is a Leo, a Zap, and I think a Steven episode again? It's a Steven. It's definitely a Steven episode. But let, but but staying on the Phantom Hospital, the Luciana mm. Estevez character is actually super cool, and I'm very frustrated they, like, underutilized her, like, because out of this episode, nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that is kind of a bummer. She comes up, like, once in some other episode, but... She's in the, she's in the outro. That's pretty cool. I know she's in the outro. She's in the intro, and she's in the outro. She's in the OP <laughs> and the ED... And she shows up in one other episode, and she shows up at the second to last episode for just yeah. no reason. <laughs> uh, but that kind of ties back into what I was saying is uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront Season 1, um, even though it starts off episodic, episodic, it does eventually kind of get a narrative. This one really never does. Season 2 never gets an overarching narrative. Yeah, that's actually another thing is... is uh... When I started, when I did my final grind to get the last six episodes in over the course of the last mm-hmm. couple of days... Um, I, I was thinking like, oh, okay, so we're going to get the plot now, right? Like, we're, we're going to like, we're going to slow roll into the main plot of this, this, uh, mm-hmm. season. And it just never happened. And we had this like last episode. And I was like, well, I guess this is, <laughs> I guess this is yeah. like, it, it almost feels like a filler arc, but it wasn't quite a filler arc. Yeah. And the reason I bring it up in this episode instead of at the end is because this episode introduces that blood breed who I really thought was going to become the main villain of this season, but no, they kill him off in this episode. So yeah. Oh yeah. I, you know, it's the funny is if we get to the end of the, the hospital ward and I'm like, Oh, so we're just taking care of blood breeds left and right then. Yeah. They don't seem to be the big issue. <laughs> no, which is weird because they are the primary villain. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so just this episode, like, Black and white never show up because I don't know, because this is very, it's very episodic, so I guess black and white never do show up except for flashbacks. Black does. Uh, oh, he does show up. Yeah, that's yep. right. He does show up way later. Pops up way at the end of the season. That is right. Maybe, well, maybe I have to take it back, but again, very episodic. I thought, by the way, I thought black died. 
I forgot that he didn't die. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to episode three? Yeah, sure. Episode three, as we said, is day in, day out. And this is a Leo, Zap, and Steven episode. Yeah, um, they're doing all sorts of random crap. Anything of note in this one beyond um, the fact that there's like... I actually like this one for having three seemingly unrelated storylines kind of interweave into each other. Yeah, they um, all do. They, they sort of like... It, that is actually really cool that they all sort of like interact with each other's stories in, in different ways mm-hmm. um it also does a fairly good job of setting up chain for chain possible the next episode i like the dinner sequence in this with where where steven's hosting a dinner party and then it turns out and you're like oh steven's having such a good time with all of his friends oh they're all spies damn it and then he kills them all or he does something worse well, he, doesn't he, he freezes them and then like takes them into a back alley kind of deal. Like yeah, he has market. like a back alley deal. It, it actually, this episode does a good job of telling me like beyond his ice powers, what does Steven do? And it seems like he functions in a very managerial role. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, he has a lot of contacts. That seems to be the, the real power Steven has. Yeah. Well, I mean, besides freezing people with blood, but yeah, but whatever. Yeah, not much to really say about this one. This one was just kind of a nice episode. Um, yeah, and again, it does it uh, with Leo's arc. Like right at the end, Chain gets his wallet back, mm-hmm. which is really good because it sets up the next episode, Chain Possible. So yeah, as Zach said, episode four, Werewolf Mission, Chain Possible. Which, by the way, Chain Possible. I mm-hmm. I saw that and I was immediately like, are they really, really Mission Impossible? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. In this episode, you find out that Chain is actually part of a group of, I guess they're thieves or covert operatives called the werewolves. They are called werewolves. Um, and I actually, when I saw a review, they called them ghost wolves as a, as a joke. But um, hmm. so uh, what they are is they seem to be like a crack infiltration squad. They're not really yeah. thieves so much as they are like. I wouldn't even call them spies, but they do infiltration work. Are they a bunch of phantom thieves? <gasps> I don't think no, so. No, not even a little bit. They're just no. like a covert ops thing. Um, yeah, they're a covert ops group, and they're very professional. <laughs> so I wanted to, I was actually really interested to talk to you about this episode, uh, especially okay. with you, because in our last episode, in the first episode of Blood Blockade Battlefront we did, one of your kind of complaints of season one was that some characters didn't get to, like, ha- they didn't have a moment to shine kind of thing. Yeah, and I remember telling you, "Hey, wait till season two because yeah. some of them do." And you seemed really interested to see when Chain got her episode. Uh, what did you think of this one? Personally, I just think Chain's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to see all of her coworkers, and I was like, "Chain's still probably the coolest one there." Uh, but yeah, actually, I noticed this season had a lot of Chain in it overall, mm-hmm. and this episode in particular sets her up really well. Um. And like as an episode about Chain, um, I liked it, and I mm-hmm. and I liked the characterization it had for Chain and and all of that stuff. The problem I had is that, that the villain just got like set up and then knocked down. Is this the same thing about uh, episode two, mm-hmm. where like a threat yeah. is th- shown and then shut down immediately? And I'm like, all right, cool, but uh, but yeah, no, I actually really enjoyed this. I uh, I it made me like Chain more. She's a much cooler character. I actually like this one, too, just because um, Chain was one of those characters I was kind of cool on. Uh, I was like, oh, she's all right. But this one, this one does a really good job characterizing her. Um, 
and some of the other, and we'll, as we go through the episodes, a lot of other characters get that episode of, I didn't really like him in season one. Oh, by end of season two, like, oh, they're fantastic. I love them. Yeah, it does. It does a good job of taking like those like, it, it's weird because like season one, Zap gets a lot of characterization. Klaus gets a lot of uh, characterization and Leo gets a lot of characterization. And it seems to be the, the show is about those three guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this season just seems to be like, hey, remember all the other main Libra characters? We're just going to have episodes about them. And I like that a lot. I like that a lot about this season. Um, one thing I do have to say is I actually really like you know the werewolves like power of because in season one, you got the impression like, oh, Chain is just, you know, jumping around. It's like, no, Chain's like literally disintegrating into reality and then moving so fast and re and then like rematerializing somewhere else. Um, yeah, no, that was that was an interesting turn. I was like, oh, my, how interesting. I, I like at the end of the episode where they're like, how do we phase out? OK, you're going to phase out of reality so much that you don't actually remember that you exist. And then. You need something to pull you back. And I think for Chain, was it It was the fear of Steven seeing like how messy her room was or something like that? Yes, that is precisely what it was. And so they literally, and apparently her bosses know this. So they yeah. literally called up Steven and had her walk up straight to her apartment and open the door. It's like, why does it have to be me? It's like, it has to be you. <laughs> it's, that, it's just super funny because it's like, Please yeah, don't let and, me see my horrible life. And again, this is where Day In Day Out does a really good job as well. Like, uh, it sets up Change Room as being stupidly messy in episode three, and then in episode four it becomes relevant. Mm-hmm. It is again like they had a good setup for for Change episode in episode three. Mm. I don't remember if they set up the next episode uh, as well. It, it kind of just came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, episode five is called One Butler's Blitzkrieg, and in this one. Uh, this is Gilbert the Butler's uh, episode, and he is taking mm-hmm. on an apprentice butler for the Reinhardt's family. Mostly but because Gilbert got broken so bad. Yeah, Gilbert's kind of. But you ever notice he's always like bandaged the like bandaged up. That's he, I that's originally literally thought, his character. I know. I just thought he was for a while. I thought he was going to be like a mummy or something. It's like no, he's just constantly injured. But he takes on a uh, a uh, an apprentice, and he is. And the apprentice is like, I want to prove myself. I started because Gilbert started, and I want to prove that I could be useful. Unfortunately, he gets kind of roped in with, you know. He gets his brain stolen. Well, he gets his brain pulled out of a jar, doesn't he? Or is it? He gets his brain put in a jar. Put in a jar. And then, uh, you know, Gilbert is like, on my honor as a butler, I'm going to get his brain back. And they have the coolest car chase. They do have a pretty cool car chase. Anything? Any thoughts on this one? This one was just kind of a fun action one, uh, and Gilbert. Yeah, you you find out Gilbert is apparently immortal. He, yeah, he cannot die, <laughs> which explains explains a lot. <laughs> it does actually. Like this is another ep- this is another episode where, again, this is a running theme of it being episodic, and uh, it wasn't really quite clear until the end of the season where they brought in Philippe. Um, as the apprentice butler, and I really thought he was going to stick around, but no, he pieces the fuck out. He's yeah, gone. he does. He pieces out at the end of the episode. Uh, I, I will have to say this is probably the low point of the season. Episode oh, yeah, five yeah. is probably my least favorite of the episodes. I could see that one again. There's really not a whole lot going on. Yeah, um, it's 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 a little bit worse than episode seven because mm. at least like 
at least I like the characters more in episode seven. Like I like Gilbert, but I just don't like him that much. And he just he didn't he he did a lot of cool stuff, and I like mm-hmm. him as a character. It's just I I feel like he's not. I feel like he couldn't carry an episode on his own. He's kind of that. Even in his episode of the him characterizing, he kind of just gets the. Uh, I'm a butler. I'm I'm loyal to a fault. I'm immortal, and I am basically unstoppable. I think Gilbert's always going to kind of be that background character. But I do yeah. like again. If you liked that supporting character, they get an episode in this. So yeah, we exactly. may not have liked it, but there must have been somebody going nuts like oh, Gilbert the Butler. Finally, yeah, it's finally his time. <laughs> episode six rolls around, and that and that episode is get the lockout. And in this episode, this was not a character it, episode, but I will have to say it was a fun one. <laughs> uh, yeah, in this one, a group of weird mutant insect mosquitoes um, overtake the Libra headquarters and try to. I think they're trying to blow it up or something, or no. they're trying to. Um, they take over the headquarters and the they gain consciousness. That's right, because it starts off as a swarm of mosquitoes that eventually like hive mind together. Yeah, the hive mind guy, the they, they had like a humanoid looking thing as their hive mind. He just sort of, he wants to achieve enlightenment as far as I can tell. Yeah, I kind of remember. He has some sort of like master mm-hmm. plan to take over the world. He, he like he, he rolls straight into supervillain territory, but his main goal seems to be just like becoming all knowledgeable. Yeah, and that's, a, that's something that happens a lot in Blood Blockade is that like the villain starts out unassuming becomes like crazy overpowered and then you find out the reasoning is something pretty understandable it's like i i'm not trying to destroy everything i just want enlightenment but i'm gonna have to blow everything up to do it it's like mosquito thing you stop that right now yeah it yeah but i again i liked it i was really weird with the villain but at the end i I did like it they had to like infiltrate their own facility it had a nice twist to it uh, what was the twist again? The, the, was... Well, that they had to, like, they had to sneak into their own place. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I like that you find out that the Libra headquarters is kind of everywhere all at once. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. It, it never full-on says it, but it heavily implies that the Libra headquarters, the room is constantly switching around buildings, and you have to go through, like, a bunch of different elevators all around the city to actually get to it. Well, it actually seems more like... Uh... Once you become a Libra member, there mm-hmm. are certain doors that you can open and that'll show the elevator. That seems to be more of what was going on there. And that makes sense. Like, the intro for Blood Blockade always has a door unlocking motif to it uh, at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So right, I guess that yeah. makes sense. Um, just a solid, fun episode. Not Nothing really too big here. I do like the scene of Klaus and Leo climbing up the tower and Leo has Klaus's... Uh, has Klaus's eyes all glowing and stuff like that, and it's a pretty cool shot. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so episode seven. How do you say it? Branchial Blues. Branchial Blues. Um, Branchial Blues. Basically, they say sociopathic CEO. Um, this young woman mm-hmm. has Zed's headphones stolen, but that's how Zed breathes out of water. So he nearly dies. Oh yeah, this this is the Zed episode, isn't it? This is the Zed episode. Um, that's right because there's oh, and there's the New there's, Year's party too. That's right because so Zed is feeling like a 
Zed is feeling like a fish out of water in oh, the group God. because he always has to stay in his uh, tank. Uh, and Leo invites him to the New Year's party. And while he's out walking, he gets his breather stolen and they have to go rescue it for him. They have to go get it back. And dude, that, that girl was a bitch. <laughs> yeah, she was. I don't even remember what her deal was. Other you know what than, the like, best? You know what the best fucking part of that was? Hmm. She literally ordered her robots because they were robots to start bidding at a billion dollars. Oh, for the headphones? Yeah. yeah, for the headphones. And then they just like walk up and they don't even bid. They just steal. They just jack it. And I'm <laughs> like, what? It's oh, right to me. No, be- wait, give me a second. Uh, forget hmm. the lockout. I have one question for this episode. Oh, oh, back at, back on episode. Yeah, six. yeah, back in the previous episode. What the fuck happened to Alina? I don't know. Remind me, Alina was the Alina, woman in yeah, inside Alina's, the office. Yeah, it's the woman who was in the office. I don't know. That's a good question. She literally does not show up for the rest of the season, and they never mention her again. I guess she died. I guess. I mean, people get. That's actually one of the weirder things about Blood Blockade. Uh, there's usually like giant cities being destroyed and everything, but it's very like. Innocent bystanders usually don't get it that bad. It's like, wow, Alina, that's pretty bad. I mean, every once in a while you'll see just five random innocent bystanders get murdered. Mm. It is very random, people dying. I can't remember. Yeah. Brankiel Blues, again, uh, I actually like this one just because I thought Zed was kind of cool. I like that they kind of play with them a little bit. They don't really characterize him at all. It's more just like, here's a neat story starring Zed. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it is is very much just like here's a neat story with Zed in it. Um, um why and, are, is well they get breather... Zed's backstory. That's nice. Oh yeah, yeah, because he was he's like an experiment, and then uh, their master finds him and says, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna get trained on blood magic or stuff like that?" It's gonna be sick. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd never quite got about this is why is Zed's breather a pair of headphones? I don't know. I have how no does that idea. work? I, I don't know how. I don't know how that woman expected to like put those headphones on her head. Hmm. Um. Because I was looking at it, going like, "There's like clamps on this thing." Yeah, that's the thing I don't get. It's like it's a breathing apparatus. Why the hell would you use it as a set of headphones? Yeah, I don't know. And the other thing is, like, I feel like this entire episode could have been averted if like she had got actually gotten out of the car and walked up to him and been like, "I want your headphones," and he was like, "No, I need these to breathe." <laughs> she wouldn't care. She, I, she probably wouldn't. Stolen. She probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I feel like at least it would have helped characterize the villain as villainous rather than just negligent. That's right. Well, she is supposed to be. I don't know what her deal was. She was just kind of like, give me right, everything. Here we I go. Wanted. Here it is. Another villain that was brought up and shut down in the same episode. And it was just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you're watching this series, it's about this time that you should realize, yeah, this is all going to be pretty episodic. Because you're about more than halfway through, nothing is carrying over. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so I had notes for episode seven. Uh Uh-huh. And the very first note I had for seven is, are we getting plot this episode? Ha! What an idiot! (laughs) What a a fool! Oh, yeah. Uh, I I got some other ones, and I'm like, ah, this is the Fishman episode. And then, Mm -hmm. Sedan? Sedan? Oh yeah, yeah. Sudan. A... She mentioned oh. Sudan and something. Hmm. Um. And uh, what is this? 
Oh, right. The show slips between serious and silly way too fast. Hmm. But I'll get to that later. <laughs> well, so I guess we'll move on to the next two, because uh, we'll talk about yeah. eight and nine together. Uh, eight and nine is the first uh, pair episode of Desperate Fight in the Macro Zone, part one and two. In this set of episodes, you find this is, again, another one of Leo's buddies that he just happens to be making in the city. Yeah. I think A very, very skinny man. Very skinny, very tiny. He gets bullied and picked on all the time. Uh, Riel, I believe his name is. Yep, Riel. And he, at some point, encounters this little microscopic little doodad guy who says, Hey, I can make you super strong so you won't have to be picked on or bullied anymore. And lo and behold, he takes the offer and suddenly becomes a towering Goliath and just is constantly growing and just walking over the planet. Well, not the planet. He's like rampaging through the city. This is a pretty neat one. This is the first pair episode. Again, I kind of thought this is just another random like set of things that happens, but it's still pretty yeah. fun. Um, you know what's funny? Is my episode nine is, oh, hey, a kaiju. And then literally the next one is actual kaiju. Because <laughs> Riel, yeah. it turns into a kaiju and then, and really then like the actual kaiju shows up. Oh yeah, because there's like because he's walking through, and then the giant monster from like the uh, the abyss area shows up, and it's like, what the hell is that? Oh, they're gonna fight. They just they're fighting now. Yep. The, actually, you know what I really liked is that this episode had the Sonic Monkey in it. Uh, oh, uh, featured prominently as the fucking hero. What is his name? Is it just Sonic? Super Sonic Monkey. No, no, no. But like the name of the monkey. Oh, Sonic Speed Monkey. Sonic Speed Monkey. No, he has a name. The monkey has a name. He doesn't. They just call him what? Sonic, I swear. They really just... I, I kind of remembered that. Hold on a second. I... I'm going to take your word for it. I think it is just Sonic or something like that. Yeah. But Leo meets this this other little micro guy. And I for some reason, I always liked when he was talking. Because he's like... Peh, what a what small thing to think about, Leo. You got to look big picture. It's like, dude, you're the size of an ant. No, you're, you're like he's not mi- even the size. You're of an a ant. microbe. He, he, he looks, looks like, like the microbe? size of a. He looks like he looks like the size of a flea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he's like, no, that's just my exosuit. I'm actually a microbe, and I was just like, oh god damn it. I did love that character as well. If I remember correctly, he's the he is a microbe. He his exosuit is the size of a flea. But he's constantly building and building up a bigger exosuit so there's something around. Uh, so throughout both of these episodes, you'll just see him keep getting bigger. He never gets, like, colossal huge, but he's, like, you know, the size of a little box of tissues or something by the end. Uh, does he get back to tissue size? I don't know. I don't know. I think he does. He does get bigger. He has, like, he has like a mech suit that has a mm-hmm. flea that has him inside of it. But yeah, uh, uh, I like that. Uh, it, this this is an episode with an actual meaning at a top at it. It's uh, it's lonely at the top, mm-hmm. and uh, power doesn't buy your friendship. Yeah, the, again, this is like we were saying before. Of uh, Blood Blockade likes to build up a take like a beat down character, build them up as kind of the villain, and then be like, "Hey, man, life lesson. Think about this." I think at the end, Riel is like super duper tiny, but yeah, he gets like, very small. And then he gets picked up by a bird. Um, and but he's like fine eaten. with it because he's like, oh, look, I can see everyone. I- I'm happy and one with myself and stuff I know. like that. He is. It's it's an interesting end. Um, is yeah. there anything else on, on this episode? It's kind of just a fun romp again. Yeah, it is. It's, it is kind of a fun romp. I think 
so my complaints previously about villains not getting enough screen time mm-hmm. is completely alleviated by this pair of episodes because they had two episodes. Yeah, and see, look, it's nice to have continuity. Like, something is happening. Well, no, I just think, I think a lot of these episodes would have been better as two episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so that way you get more action on, like, who these people are. Like, Bronchial Blues would have been way better as two episodes. I agree. Bronchial yeah. Blues would have been, instead of being a throwaway kind of episode or a villain, yeah, it really would have been better. Uh, the Hospital would have been nice as a two-parter as well. Because you yeah, would have like yeah. gotten to know the blood breed and the hospital and uh, Elaine, I think. No, not Elaine. What's what's the name of the? You said it like not twenty Twice. minutes ago. Luciana Estevez. Luciana. There we go. As far like by the way, she's also that's that's very. She's probably Puerto Rican. Um, mm-hmm. Just thinking about it, it's it is strange to me. Like again, this show will sometimes just like their naming conventions because I know these got to be the Japanese names as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like their naming conventions, their their attention to detail for fucking Brooklyn, yeah. Like it's weird. Like someone on that team had to be a Westaboo. <laughs> Somebody is that, the, is that the opposite of Weaboo? Yes, Westaboo. The Westaboo. <laughs> I've never heard that term before. <laughs> well, now you have. Here it is. All right, episode 10, uh, Bratatat Mom. So this is the KK episode. This is the KK uh, episode where I, I, I want to start this episode by saying I'm pretty sure when they introduced KK in season one, they showed her as being like either like a massive fan of or like madly in love with Klaus. Uh, yeah, I actually also got that impression as well just because of some <laughs> of her mannerisms in it. But after this episode, it's more like I think they just really, she really likes Klaus because she's married, has a kid. Ha, I'm sorry, has, has two, two. kids. <laughs> has two kids. She's happily so, married and is super appreciative of her husband. <laughs> um. So in this episode, we have KK trying to balance being Libra's hit hitman and, you know, being their sniper versus being a mom. And in this episode, her son is very upset that she never comes to uh, parent parent day uh i can't remember the official name for it but so she now says okay i'm gonna be there it's parent day i'm gonna be i'm gonna be at the school but she's constantly like on the phone taking phone calls and like operating the mission with her like well she has a bunch of she has a bunch of um she she's handling her job remote because she got their arm their local arms dealer patrick Mm -hmm. um to get her a bunch of basically remote-controlled sniper devices, helicopters, things like that. So that mm-hmm. way she can be the heavy weapons for the squad while also doing the, you know, being there for Parents' Day. Yeah. I like this one because as the episode goes on, you find out, okay, so Steven and their crew are attacking this blood breed and they're trying to find him. But then you find out, it's like, oh no, uh, he's at the school, and why is he at the school? Because his daughter is in the same class as her son. That was a funny twist, and the fact that the that the two of them are like talking to each other. Well, there's a really cute moment in this one where KK is is kind of looking around a corner and notices her son and this girl uh, are kind of you know kind of just chatting. She's like, "Oh man, look, they're so in love," and then notices the blood breed. Like, he's not a blood breed. He's not like. Ooh, I'm a scary monster blood breed. He's just he looks like, like somebody's dad. 
which he is. <laughs> but they're both talking like, man, it's. I'm really glad I could be here. It's really tough getting off of work, right? Yeah, it's super tough. Can you excuse me? And they go and have the moment that they find out. Uh oh, that's that's the target right there. Yeah, she has a she has a freak out moment. I like. I think this might be one of my favorite episodes of the season. I like this one a lot. Um, yeah, I no, especially. I really like this episode as well. It is high contention for the best one. I especially like the ending where, you know, KK is holding your son and crying because like, oh, I, I split I split him up from the girl he liked. And the girl is talking with her dad. It's like, listen, I'm sorry. You can't see that boy anymore. We have to go somewhere. Oh, God and damn like, it. That is really sad. And then it cuts to both of them just texting each other like, hey, where are you at? Like, no, I don't know. No, I'm on it a cuts boat. to both of them on Facebook. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just like one of them posts a picture of like a rainbow or something and the other person's like, oh, that's cool. And then like they both are thinking at the same time, well, at least we can still talk to each other on Facebook. And I was just like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of my one of my favorites. I, I liked all of the twists. And I liked everything in here. You know, I actually it, it was obvious it was going to happen, but I actually really enjoyed uh, like right at the end. KK had the blood breed guy mm-hmm. and then she just let him go. Well, because, of course, it has the classic moment of you're not going to kill me in front of my kid. Uh, you know, I'm not going to rat you out in yeah, front exactly. of your kid kind of deal. Uh, just get the hell out of here kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. Do you have any, did you have any notes on this one? It. So taking this from an interesting angle, um, I've seen this story done before with dads, but not with a mm-hmm. mom before, I don't think. Yeah. I I feel like I, I kind of knew this was going to happen. Like, as you're watching the episode, you, kinda, you can kind of tell where it's going. Uh, but it is fun to see, like, this kind of character kind of dealing with it. Yeah. It's not something... It's it's not a very... It's like... Uh, anyways, I, I like it. It made me like KK a lot more. Um, mm. It makes me a little worried that uh, future seasons will flanderdize her into just being mom who shoots things. Mm. You, you mean kind of like one note? one yeah. kind of deal yeah yeah well i wouldn't worry about that too much because uh just kind of like how they've handled her you know she's like kind of gossip like in the next two episodes they also kind of characterize her more as somebody who's like very kind of like oh i kind of want to know what everybody's doing and very kind of caring of everybody and not just her own family and she kind of views her job as well i'm good at shooting stuff that so that's nice yeah uh well she also likes her soaps which is what we learn in the next couple episodes yeah so uh the last two episodes 11 and 12 are spectral eyes phantom vision part one and two and this is probably the most uh so these two are a leo episode but more importantly it's a leo and michella yeah uh, michella comes to visit uh which is something i didn't think was ever gonna happen i kind of always thought that you know, she beyond... was just going to be around, but so never be... like actually in the city. So beyond the plot shenanigans of this episode, the kind of casualness that ended up that ended up being there between these two siblings, like I thought it was going to be this big sort of dramatic thing that happened, and they had that dramatic mm-hmm. moment, but like the cadence between Leo and Michelle is actually. I got a really cool like it. It felt really nice because it was very like a sibling vibe. Like, like because mm-hmm. because Leo has this like guilt complex about his sister, but then she shows up and they just act like siblings. And I'm like, oh okay, 
Yeah, I I think I I think I kind of get what you're going. For, where it's like, in most shows, this would be like some there'd always be this weird tension between the two. But it was super nice to just see them being, like, kind of sweet on each other kind of deal. Uh, and it was very casual. It's a, just a, um, I don't know. The moments in this one with her and him, um, are actually really nice. Just because it's like, man, look, look at Leo being super like calm and not freaking out. Oddly enough, this is one of the first Leo episode, Leo-centric episodes of the season. I mean, he doesn't yeah. have many of this season. He's he's the main focus of episode one, kind of three, but then everybody else is the focus of other things. This is like his, he gets the last two episodes. He does, he does, and he, you know he's the main character, so he sort of deserves it. But mm-hmm. and so the the main villain is a dude. I don't know what the hell he is. The basic premise of these of these two episodes is that uh, Michelle is going to Hell Salem's lot to introduce Leo to her fiance, and it was really weird because it's like isn't there like a huge age difference between you two? That's what I kept thinking too. I was like, like how old are these characters? And it's like you know what, maybe there isn't, but boy, it sure looks like it. Well, it's, yeah, it does look like it. The other thing is that Leo is really small. And he has yeah. to be an adult. He logically has to be a, of adult age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would not be able to live in that town otherwise. No, not even a little bit. Yeah. So, in this episode, you find out that Michelle's fiancé is actually being, like, puppeted by this weird mechanical dude who also happens to have a set of all-seeing eyes of God. It's not quite that he can puppet. It's that he's, he's fucking everybody's vision up. Yeah. Well... He's basically they, he's basically a mass illusionist. Well, they have that scene of him kind of like puppeting and like kind of thing. And maybe it was just symbolic, but I but I got the sense that he was like controlling people. But either way, no, this guy his thing his thing is way more that that you just don't see it or perceive it. Mm. Actually, to be honest, it should just be you can't see it, which means that corpse should have started rotting a while ago, and somebody should have noticed. Which corpse? The the fiance's corpse? No, no, no. Right at the beginning of the episode, he chops the dude's head off. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, you find out that there's actually a lot in these two episodes to kind of unpack. Uh, one, there's one black is back in this one. I mean, uh, he shows he up shows at a up phone a call bit. and then he shows up at the end. <laughs> right. But it does have for a series that it has seemingly not referenced the first season at all. This is like right. one of the first times it has outside of seeing weird glimpses of white or the blue butterfly yeah those show up every once in a while and i'm like well okay um i did like black black reintroduction like he seemed like a cool kid black and leo were always kind of buddies so it was kind of a bummer that they separated uh so it was good to see him again well you also find out in this one that leo's whole goal of coming to the city was i need to find a way to undo this contract and give my sister her vision back you find out Mm -hmm. You can't. You can't undo that contract. Once you have the all-seeing eyes of God, uh, all-seeing eye of God, you have them. Like, because it is a contract with the gods. And it right, also yeah. explains what they are. And I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to word it because it, the way they word it is kind of weird, is that all of the gods are constantly watching, but they can't see everything all at once. So, at some points in history, they appear to people and say, you're going to be the watcher of this event. You're going to observe for us what happens. And Leo and Michelle were that event. And Leo gets the eyes. Oh, by the way, they were doing like a flashback thing of showing like different people at important points in history with the eyes. 
Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could think was these are the important moments of Western civilization. Like I'm not even kidding. It was like it was like ancient Greece, then Rome, then medieval Europe, then some other Western thing. And I was just like, okay, well, yeah. The the only thing I'd say is that this is a very Western focused series, so that made sense. Uh, and then the last thing you find out in this episode is there are more than one set of all the all seeing eyes, and this evil doctor has them, and he's using them for evil and shit. Yeah, that was another interesting interesting thing. And he wanted to steal the eyes. He wanted to basically possess Leo so he could watch what Libra was doing. Yeah. Well, he, he basically wants his eyes to be invisible and control people. But he also wants Leo's eyes to, uh, you know, hell, why not? You already have one set of all-seeing eyes. Why not get a second? Yeah. Um, But this is a really cool two-parter because it's exactly what you were saying before, where it sets up the villain, it sets up the motivation... And then the second episode kind of plays with it and you get the conclusion to it where, you know, there, what is the guy? Dr. Gammy Mozu, Dr. Gammy Mozu, Gammy Mozu. they have this big showdown and Leo does his crazy, oh, I'm going to punch you square in the face moment. Actually, one of the fun revelations uh, of the episode was Leo figures out that he has to be like, this doctor has to be incredibly light. So that way nobody notices him. Mm-hmm. And then, oh yeah, because, and so because then, you then get, he'd like, be too heavy. Then you get like a five or six moments where he just like pushes this guy and he goes flying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's actually no. Here's probably the best part of this, and I forgot to write this in my notes. Um, he steals a ball and chain, which was a little weird. But the better part is he stole a bottle of Jacks. I don't oh, know if you remember he, this. He breaks <laughs> it and like starts cutting, cutting no, away. The, the weird part is that it doesn't break. Hmm. Um. So, so the doctor guy, like, goes in for a swing, and he blocks it with a bottle of Jacks. <laughs> That's pretty good. Like, and they linger on it for a moment. And and the only thing I could think of at the time was just, like, did they really just put a ball of fucking Jacks in this show? That's right. Gotta get that product placement. <laughs> I was like, I did not expect Jack Daniels. Yeah. So, so this episode ends, and, you know, it, it wraps up with the... You know, hey, how's it going, Black? Oh, it's going well. Hope you're still surviving in the city. And one last shot of White and the butterfly flying off. And Leo says, yeah, man, this is going to be great. And that's the end of the season. Yeah, he's learning to sort of like, I, I feel like the season, you know what I think it is? Um, I feel like the manga, since it didn't have the black and white stuff, probably got through all of these episodes pretty, like all of these sort of like moments pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so that's I'm probably even... why, like, it felt like we didn't get a lot of characterization of, like, mm-hmm. Chain or Steven or Gilbert or, like, a good number of the characters. Right. Uh, so I'm actually meaning to go back and read the manga at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, for anybody listening, is available on, like, Amazon or comic shops or stuff. You can probably buy it online. Hey, if you like the series, maybe go pick that up. But I'm almost wondering if any of these things happened in the manga. I gotta be real honest. I actually don't know how much of the anime is in the manga after I learned that season one was basically completely new. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about it as well. Yeah, when you think when you think about it, it's like, yeah, everything's super standalone. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like a lot of these episodes and a lot of these characters at least probably came up because mm-hmm. there is a certain like I don't think they made up 
all of it. I feel like a good portion of, of what they show in the anime is stuff that they came up in the manga. I just mm. think they rearranged a lot of it and pushed a good amount of the early stuff into season two. Right. So uh, we've kind of, we finished talking about each of the episodes um, and we've kind of given our impressions throughout the thing, but any kind of greater overall impression that we you haven't covered yet? Um, I, I like the... So, so the first thing I want to mention is the, the visuals of the episodes. The style is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I love the aesthetic of the show. Mm-hmm. The specific fight, like animation choreography, is not that fantastic. But I'm usually pretty okay with it. I, I'm usually like, all right, whatever. Yeah, the the fight choreography in this one, uh, just because there wasn't as much fighting or anything like that, yeah, wasn't as great. Season one had a lot of really cool fights. This one has a more. This one has more character building and more just kind of talking or action set pieces rather than like combat kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, that's something that's something I noticed. Um, and, and again, the aesthetic is really cool. I like the style on the aesthetic. Um, I, just, I just felt like they didn't. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they didn't have a great like. There was no like fantastic combat fight moment or no. Yeah, and and obviously the show is probably not going to ride on its animation. So whatever. Mm. The other thing I noticed. Uh, you may you may or may not remember this, but I have a certainly strong memory of it. Uh, they're using the same three tracks for everything. And this one? Yeah. So I was actually going to mention one of the things I really liked about season one is uh, the soundtrack. I, I actually will occasionally just go, go on YouTube uh, at work and just throw the soundtrack on and listen to it. Um, season right. one's soundtrack is absolutely fantastic. It's got oh, a lot yeah. of really standout tracks. Uh, we'll probably use one of them. For the outro of this episode, hint, hint, wink, wink. Hint, hint, wink, wink to ourselves. I gotta be honest, I actually don't really remember much of the music in uh, right. season two. So, season two, like, dropped a bunch of the tracks. So, see, but here's the weird thing. I looked up uh, Blood, Black, Hate, Battlefront, and Beyond's soundtrack, and it's almost as long as season one's soundtrack. So, there are tracks. Um, what? Go look it up. There is... There are also a bunch of, both soundtracks have the same number of tracks. It's just weird that they don't seem to be standing out as much, nor do they seem to use, they must use all of them, but I just don't remember them using it. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember them using it either. Uh, the, the big thing that I noticed about the, the music in particular is whenever a fight would break out, they had the same mm-hmm. fight tune. Hmm. So you could literally time you could time fights that happen in the show by their music. Hmm. All right, the track is almost over. This must be wrapping up. Yeah, right. And so, like, no, no. What really got me about the the about it is I knew exactly when. Like, it, it's kind of like you know when the bass is gonna drop, mm-hmm. and so you know the big important thing is gonna happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I just knew that was going to happen every time. It like set itself up for it. I was like, I've listened to this song so many times. The other one is that their silly track feels r- like they're they're like sort of like they have they have a track for like when things get kind of goofy and silly. Um, the is problem the, is that it's. I'm trying to remember which one that is. Is that the da 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 da? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that's something uh, like that. Toy box blues. Toy box blues. Yeah. The problem is that it snaps straight into it. Like it mm-hmm. jumps straight into a jovial beat, and there's no lead up. There's not a whole lot of lead up on it. Mm-hmm. So you'll go, and, and so sometimes they want to go from like a very serious moment to a silly moment, and they just sort of like snap to that track. And I'm like, whoa, that's some, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some whiplash. You know, 
so here was kind of my overall general impression. I, I just so you know, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. My overall gut feeling on this is it feels like this had uh let I don't know how to say this. It, it feels like if this were a video game, mm-hmm. this would be the DLC side missions and stuff like that. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a full on triple A sequel, but it doesn't feel like you know bootleg anything it definitely does feel like it it feels like like b team of whatever studio did this took it and said who do we want to like put the focus on okay we'll do this character okay we'll do this character okay this one and for the most part it works because all the characters who didn't get something cool in season one do get in season two uh and i think that's my favorite part of this Mm -hmm. it's just Nothing's tying them all together like season one did. Season one ends with a nice bow at the end where you can look back and say, oh shit, look at this narrative that was actually being woven the entire time. Yeah, it did have that cool thing. And again, this season kind of doesn't have that. It's sort of, it's sort of the grab bag of seasons. And I mm-hmm. I don't know. It... So let me ask you this question. Would you want to see a season three? I think I, I think that's actually my biggest question to, and I think we'll make that the final question of this. If uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront season three came out, and I'm really mm-hmm. hoping it does, would right. you watch it, and what would you kind of expect from it? I think, uh, you know, I'm not sure. There's a lot of anime that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would put it on my list of things I want to watch, though. Um, and I guess what I would want is. Maybe a little bit more development. Femt, I guess, gets to be a villain. Can we mm-hmm. have that? So here's kind of what I'm thinking. If they do a season three. So if season one was basically some parts of the manga and then black and white are like the anime exclusive thing, like this is a new story they wrote. I right. almost get the sense that season two was like a palate cleanser of let's give everybody characterization and that season three would actually start the story proper of the manga and that we would actually get the uh again i haven't read it i don't know how much you know they're parallel but from my understanding they are pretty different i would expect a season three to start pulling from the manga like like straight up like and take that storyline and actually start the story of everything that's happened yeah there is one this could just be entirely episodic and that was the point all along yeah it could be that makes that first season like a a bait and switch yeah um to which again i like the characters it's a fun show it's just it is yeah all right let me ask you this question i have often thought to myself man i would play like an action game with these characters that would be kind of fun what what do you think like Uh, like a character actions character action style game the problem would sorry the only thing i could think of is how the fuck do I implement half their fucking powers? <laughs> Very um, true. Yeah, like all I'm thinking is implementation issues, but yeah, I would definitely play a game with these characters in it. Um, I think it'd be fun. I, I think honestly, uh, this is one of those occasions where like an open world game makes sense. Mm-hmm. Swap yeah. around characters and go and do different various things with each character's moveset. Oh my god! Wait a second. Open world mm-hmm. game where you can swap characters. This is amazing. Hmm. Okay, so you start off with Leo, and you can go wherever you want and pick up quests to bring back to Libra, and you can see things. But you can't go here. You got to switch to Zap, who can actually fight through all the gangsters here. Bobby, but he can't get past. Better switch to Chain, who can phase through the wall. It's like, uh, all right, I maybe not as much switching game. as that, but maybe like uh, like a party action game where you have like 
you control oh, like an rpg one. kind of thing almost like an rpg like an action rpg hmm. oh god we're getting to final fantasy 15 territory no wait for it get a persona style thing you just like have a straight up narrative each oh. day you're going through doing one of Leo's I don't, tasks I don't, yeah i don't think persona would work that well no okay i think i am all about done talking about this season of blood blackade battlefront and beyond yeah i am pretty good as well um whatever the fuck be and beyond means <laughs> who knows uh, i don't know what are they gonna name their third season is my question even even further beyond there we even go further beyond. oh boy <laughs> that'd be kind of good all right man all right. uh do you happen to have a lesson of the day for us i know oh. this is a, a side quest so. i know we're, we're on a side quest but i do have a lesson for you all right let's hear it hey there everybody it's time now for the lesson of the day today's lesson when you need to watch an anime in the course of four days remember to plan out each of those days carefully and make sure that you're not overpacing yourself and having to watch anime at two o'clock in the morning and that's my lesson of the day thanks everybody that hits a little close to home i don't like it's how very, close that hits it's very close to home <laughs> All right, listener, thank you so much for sticking with us. Uh, we hope you'll enjoy the next episodes of... Uh, oh my god, I can't talk. Well, I hope, we hope you enjoy this episode and the episodes after of Anime Month as as we side quest around and check out some new animes. Uh, if you have any feedback, anything you'd like to, to tell us or let us know, you can email us at email us at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team, N-I-T-W-I-C, at gmail.com. We're on iTunes, Podbeans, uh we're on other stuff i know that we have a facebook page we do we do it's literally it's literally team nitwick so when we get separated because one of us is a blood breed and the other one isn't we can still connect over facebook exactly <laughs> all right goodbye audience members goodbye, goodbye.